Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mormonish. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Landon. And this is another one of our episodes where we see an article, don't we, Landon? <laughs> we see a lot of articles uh, that are uh, quite interesting, some upsetting, some <laughs> very few are inspiring. <laughs> it's true. But sometimes we see an article that everybody's kind of looking at and, and we feel that, you know, if we kind of have a handle on it or have dug into it, we can kind of help people understand maybe a little bit more about what's going on. So this article appeared in the church news and it was about the headline kind of led people to believe that the gospel topics essays were going to be retired um it's it was called guiding principles to help answer gospel questions topics and questions replaces gospel topics provides resources for those seeking answers and for helping others with their gospel questions this was on december 16th and then another subheading said a new Topics and Questions section of churchofjesuschrist.org. Interesting that it's churchofjesuschrist.org, not the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.org, yes. but that's another podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> and the Gospel Library replaces gospel topics and provides resources for those seeking answers and for helping others with their gospel questions. Um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So a lot of people saw, you know, replaces gospel topics and thought, oh my goodness, are the essays themselves going to be replaced? Why don't you tell us really briefly what the gospel topics essays are, Landon, and then we'll put everybody's mind at ease. <laughs> yeah, the gospel topics essays were written uh, back, uh, geez, I'm trying to remember what year, was it 2012? Like 13, 14, yeah, right around that era, right 10 years ago. Frame. Uh, to supposedly to answer the questions that uh, were were concerns to so many people, uh, they never released them openly, or uh, it, they've always kind of been a hidden uh, a hidden tool for those who are really digging deep into the gospel questions and need answers. Uh, but you know, unfortunately for the church, I think uh, they weren't able to answer the questions, and in fact, I think the gospel topics essays. Uh, probably do the opposite for most people, seeing that there are no answers. However, they are the most uh, accurate, probably, answers that the church has given to some of the tough questions, uh, or they're the, the deepest that the church has been willing to go into answering those questions. And so, you know, for a lot of people, a lot of post-Mormons, uh, those are important because uh, they're a place that they can point other people who are questioning and say, here's what the church is saying on it. And no, I'm not making this up. This is really what the church is saying. And it's on their website. Yeah, I agree. They're little known. In fact, they were just kind of slipped in there with no fanfare. And we heard stories of people that would discover them, use them in their lessons at church because they're on the church website and they'd actually get in trouble <laughs> or called in the bishop or question saying, what are you teaching? And they're like, well, it's right here on the website. Um, so there's a number of these essays. And in fact, Landon and I do a series on the gospel topics essays themselves um, with uh, the backyard professor where we go through these. So, and a lot of people like Landon said, have sort of found this, um, they'll go studying those and then they'll find out some of the the deeper truths, perhaps, and it definitely is listed, I think, as a shelf breaker for some people when we talk to people and say, you know, what kind of led you out? Oh, it was the gospel topics essays themselves. So, of course, people are always wondering and thinking, oh, someday they're going to get rid of those. They're kind of hard to find as it is. So this article raised some alarm bells for people. So we wanted to make sure that everybody understands that the gospel topics essays themselves are not going anywhere. They are still on the church's site. What is being replaced is something called gospel topics. I know. How would you <laughs> how would you even be able to tell the difference? The, the more you dig into that site, there it's a it's a rabbit hole. It's Alice in Wonderland kind of. So so no, there's something called the gospel topics um, that is very different from the gospel topics essays. Do you want to read this? This is from the church's website, the gospel topics section. Yeah. Each gospel topic includes a brief overview sharing what Latter-day Saints believe about the topic, links to resources that will help you learn more about the topic, and ideas to help you teach it to others. Learn more about the role of the Holy Ghost in your pursuit of truth and how to become a more self-reliant gospel learner. 
also see answering gospel questions. Yeah, there's a lot of also sees. So it's just a whole other section. It's just called gospel topics, which is easy to confuse with gospel topic essays. And it wasn't it wasn't a very comprehensive section. It was kind of hit and miss, kind of here and there. So I can see why they're they're trying to kind of consolidate these topics and questions and replacing this section with something new. So let's go to our next slide. Okay. So within the gospel topics section that they're going to be revamping, you could find the gospel topics essays. There was a link to that where it says uh, gospel topics essays, recognizing that today so much information about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints can be obtained from questionable and often inaccurate sources. There it is again with the trusted sources. Um, officials of the church began in 2013 to publish straightforward, in-depth essays on a number of topics. So from the gospel topics section, uh, you could get to the gospel topics essays. It also has its own kind of, you know, buzzwords here. You can look up the first vision, ministering, restoration of the church, things like that. But again, this section is going away and being replaced. So let's go to the next slide. Okay, so um, what is it going to be replaced with, Landon? Well, it's going to be replaced with what's called topics and questions. Um, so they've gone from gospel topics to topics and questions, which is not gospel topics essay. So you can see where it would be confusing. Um, but in, in, if you go to the web to the church's website, there is now an, a section called topics and questions uh, that is going to replace this. Um, That's right. According, you know, if I read this, resources mm -hmm. found in the updated topics and questions in the Gospel Library app and in the Gospel Library on the church's website are designed to help answer an individual's gospel questions and to help others find answers to theirs. Finding answers to gospel questions using reliable sources can lead to increased faith in Jesus Christ and the restoration of the church. The prophet Joseph Smith had questions that led him to the divine restoration of the Church of Jesus Christ. For Joseph, seeking answers was a lifelong pursuit. So evidently, the church is encouraging us to question and seek answers, but only seek answers from them and their websites. I think as we get in this, you're going to find that they really uh, do not answer any questions. Um, uh, they're, they're really quite bland, and we'll get into that as we as we start looking at this. Well, and you know what this reminds me of? And we just played this clip on another episode that we did that aired a couple of weeks ago. Um, church historian Kyle McKay gave an address at BYU-Idaho where he clearly stated there are lots of reasons to question. There are lots of compelling reasons. There are lots of evidences that things may not be what you think. And he clearly looks right at the camera and says, you know, seeking answers is not the answer. <laughs> well, and and that's that's a perfect setup for this uh, for this new topics and questions because if seeking answers is not the answer, they've accomplished it because there's really no oh. there's really not a lot of answers here. But we'll show we'll oh, show that as go. we go through that. That's right. So so the first section when you go over and and it's a very it's a comprehensive site. This new topics and questions. There is a lot. We spent several hours on it the other day trying to see how we could best present this to our viewers and listeners. So there's a lot there kind of around and around. So um, it talks about seeking answers to questions. Um, Elder Dale G. Runland of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles said, to come under Christ, we need to develop testimonies of the living reality of Jesus Christ and the truthfulness of his restored gospel. Such testimonies come by a witness from the Holy Ghost accompanied by diligent study. For those who have questions, President Russell M. Nelson has counseled, seek guidance from voices you can trust and take your questions to the Lord and to other faithful sources. Elder Renlund said, we owe it to our members and seekers of truth to provide reliable, trusted, and faithful sources. Topics and questions, this is the new section we're discussing, is a wonderful place to start. The associated guiding principles are like a user's manual for approaching the material in topics and questions. So again, they make it very clear that faithful sources, also you yourself be faithful already. And I'm surprised they didn't include the most recent quote um, from the April Think Celestial Address where it says, you know, don't seek counsel or answers from anyone other than a trusted source. They took it a little bit of a step farther. Yeah, I, I, I like this one where it says, we owe it to our members to provide reliable 
uh, I don't think they owe it to provide trusted. I think they owe it to provide reliable and uh, uh, reliable sources and right, accurate. Uh, uh, but they owe it to their members to answer the questions is what they're saying. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if they do a good job uh, in doing that or not. Yep. Let's see. Oh, so here we go. Here are the, um, according to the topics and questions site, the five guiding principles for those seeking answers to their own questions. So as you are seeking, as you're searching answers, you yourself have to do some personal work in order to be ready to receive the answers that you're going to find. Um, first, you need to center your life on Christ. So you have to be Christ-like. You have to already have a testimony, it sounds like, of Jesus Christ. They mentioned that before. Of, of course, this, this makes it that if you don't get answers, you probably haven't centered your life on that, Christ. So it makes it yeah. a conditional uh, reason for how to... <laughs> yeah, no, and that's this whole list right here. You yourself have to be in a place to receive these answers. And if the answers don't sit well with you or you still have questions, you need to go back and do the personal work until the answers they have provided you know, are acceptable to you. So it is on you. Um, another thing you need to do is be patient with yourself and others. So that kind of makes it sound like you might read things and go, that still doesn't quite answer the question. You need to be patient. You need to go back, look at your own life, look at your faith and keep searching. Um, recognize that revelation is a process. Yes, all these things are <laughs> a process of accepting the answer, of sort of convincing yourself to accept this answer and be patient. It's a process. Keep working on your own faith. Um, and again, reminded the fourth bullet point here is consult with reliable sources. So even if you find these reliable sources unsatisfactory, you're still feeling that they're not answering your question, Go back, go back. It's a process. Be faithful. Keep reading the faithful sources. And then this is, the, I think, one of the more interesting ones, Landon. It says, work to understand the past. What do you think that means? Yeah, well, uh, obviously, they want you to, they're, they're trying to say, well, you need to put it into perspective mm -hmm. and, and link it to what was going on at the time and put it in in full perspective of what, what's happening. Um which, which is fine. The problem is what they mean by that is that you have to understand the past the way they tell you the past happened in order for you to, to, to do that. So if, if you go and find something that doesn't match what they say happened in the past, um, then it's because you don't understand all the circumstances right. and they're going to have to interpret that for you. So uh, the big thing that I saw with this is it's, it's really quite manipulative because everything in here is really up to you. Um, they said they're going to provide you answers, but how do you get answers? Well, you have to center your life on Christ. You have to be patient with yourself. So if you're not getting answers, be patient. They'll come. Just keep doing what we tell you to do and be patient. You have to recognize that revelation is a process. In other words, it's never really going to end. You just have to keep going at it. Don't, yeah. don't, don't come to any conclusion because it's a process. It's ongoing. You're not going to get, get answers, you know. And then, oh, you're not looking at reliable sources. That's why you were led astray. Had you looked at reliable sources, you would have followed, you would have gotten the answers. And then, oh, you you don't understand the past. You really need to consult BYU historians uh, and BYU professors to tell you how to interpret this, because obviously they don't want you going outside and looking at an actual Egyptologist or a Maya, you know, somebody yeah. who, who studies Mesoamerica who can tell you the reality of what they're telling you, um, uh, they don't want you to do that. And so they've really boxed you in uh, on how you learned. And and uh, I don't think most, you know, you can learn about Jesus uh, and, and you, well, for instance, you can learn the geography of the Bible without centering your life on Jesus. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, there's plenty of people who know the, the geography of the Bible and where it happened and how it happened who do not believe in Jesus. But the Book of Mormon... Uh, nobody knows about it, but you can get answers if you send only if you center your life on Jesus. So you you know you don't do it. That's not how things are done, but that's how they're telling you they're done. Well, and the problem there, of course, is the the, uh, the geography of the Bible is sort of an accepted, agreed upon. You know, there are historical evidences. The geography of the Book of Mormon, as we'll see later. Nobody even really knows exactly where it happens. So, but when I look at the one that says recognize revelation is a process, I think about um, the November 15th policy, where you have something 
you know, that is told and you need to accept it. You need to find an answer that, yes, this is okay. And I know a lot of people wrestled with this and they had to convince themselves, almost gaslight themselves that this was okay as a process. So it, it kind of says to me that you read something, you say, no, no way. But then you yourself have to just override your intuition, your gut, everything that's telling you there's something off about this in order to accept it. So that's, a good that's point. problematic. Yeah. yeah, that's a great point. Because uh, if, if we accept race in the priesthood, for instance, we'd have to determine that, well, it was revealed that the that the blacks can't hold the priesthood. So therefore, no, 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 it's a process. Revelation's a process. Yeah. Now, now they can have it. So it was just that it was in the process. So you can't look yeah. at it not and then say something. You have to realize that something you don't like can change and probably will right. when it becomes unpopular enough uh, with the masses. So that's yeah. a great point. It just makes you have to kind of convince yourself of things that you normally might not believe or accept that your gut is telling you there's something else going on. So, um, all right. It says applying these principles can help individuals live the gospel while also seeking answers to questions and strengthening their testimony. The process of obtaining and strengthening and testimony looks different for each individual and requires a different amount of time for each person. So again, testimony, testimony, you've got to come at this from a place of already being a believing member in order to accept these answers. And why is that? So interesting. Yeah, they definitely, uh, somebody who's just coming at it, uh, just trying to find answers as, you know, as a earnest seeker, investigator yeah. of the gospel, uh, this doesn't really work. Uh, you have to already believe uh, in order for this to, to work. Yeah. And the other thing they're, they're addressing, which I actually think is a step, because in the past, they sort of alluded that you stay away from people that have questions. Just don't even go there. Don't even listen to them. But I think now they've, and what I'm talking about is you as a faithful member, stay away from somebody that might have a question. You don't want to hear that question. You don't want to know what they might've found out. But I think they're recognizing now that these questions are coming from your own family. This is a mom who has a young adult who's saying, mom, what about this? I think they're recognizing that you must help others navigate, you know, their faith crises and their questions, or it all falls apart. So why don't you read this? They have some guidelines on how you as a faithful member can help others that seem to have questions. Yeah. Five years ago, Gospel Topics was launched to help both members and friends of the church find answers to questions. Gospel Topics and Questions with the Guiding Principles is an update of that material. Elder Mark A. Bragg, General Authority 70, said, Sincere questions need good resources and guidance of the Holy Ghost to be answered. Many faithful individuals have sincere questions about various aspects of the gospel of Jesus Christ or his church. With so many competing voices with confusing messages in the world, the guiding principles shared on the updated topics and questions section of the churchofjesuschrist.org and Gospel Library help those with sincere questions turn to the Lord and seek answers through diligent learning led by the Spirit. And I, I take this kind of with a grain of salt. And the reason I say that is uh, when I was a, an active member and I was um, in a ward council, I remember specifically the bishop talking about a, a youth group that had gotten together and decided to study the, the uh, scriptures together and have a, a uh, kind of a, every night they got together and had kind of a scripture study together. And I went, oh, that's kind of cool. No, no, that's not cool because we don't want the youth out there trying to get questions and, and, and get, you know, trying to work their way through things without being overseen by somebody who's making sure that the questions that they're asking are in line with what the, you would expect and that the answers that they're giving to each other are in line with each other. So they were actually trying to stop that process because uh, what ended up happening is one of the young men actually who was a uh, convert, uh, started finding all these serious problems and was sharing them with the other youth and asking the questions. And it ended up a lot of the youth left the church because they were trying to help each other with the questions. So the church wants you to go to their source where they can tell you what the answer is without discussing it with anyone who might then be, you know, uh, uh, infected with uh, these questions. 
infected. I know. Wasn't there an article about the virus or and the inoculation? I seem to remember that from a while ago. You know, it, it makes me think, um, of course, I've never attended Elders Quorum, but I have heard before that that's kind of a place where there are some questions that are, you know, people are a little more, I don't know, free in their questioning. So I think the reason they combined the high priests and the elders quorum mm -hmm. is that so you can let the elders, the younger men talk, what about this, that, and then from the back of the room comes the voice, you know, elders settle down. You know? yep. This is how it is, right? There always has to be an authoritative source there that can make sure to stamp down any kind of questioning open discussion yep open yep, discussion absolutely. exactly yep. i think that's uh, that observation has been made to me by many people who attend elders quorum and now attend it um with with the combination of the two groups and it's just apparently now a different environment so interesting okay so um just like how they told you you could seek yourself there are steps that you can take to help others who are seeking. So in addition to the guiding principles for those seeking answers to their own questions, the update includes five guiding principles for helping others with the questions. So if someone comes to you with a question, this is what you need to do. And I think actually some of these are positive if they re really mean it. Respond with love. Okay, so that's that should be a positive step because I think in the past you were told to say, I don't, I don't want to hear that get out of my sight. Um, listen with humility. Okay. So they're actually saying you can listen to somebody who has a question. Um, okay. Here now we go into the trust in the Lord. So that to me sort of says you're hearing something from someone. You need to, you know, put your faith and trust that, okay, they're just confused, right? <laughs> I'm okay. I have the answer. I'm going to trust in the Lord, even though I'm hearing these things that are a little confusing. Nourish your own faith. That takes you, you know, back out through it and assist them throughout their journey. So it still does say that you don't have to turn your back. I thought this was really interesting. Elder Bragg then said, family members and friends may want to help others as they search for answers. These additional guiding principles give suggestions for helping these. These principles can help facilitate ministering in love when helping those who have questions. So on one side, at least they're addressing that everyone has questions and they might need to go to someone for help. And there are ways that you can be loving you can listen without being really arrogant and you can continue to help. Uh, but what do you think about this list, Landon? I think it's a great list if if people followed it. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I know from my own experience that as soon as I would ask a question, I was immediately shut down. I was immediately told I wasn't doing things correctly, mm -hmm. uh, that maybe I needed to uh, you know, go talk to the bishop. No one wanted to engage in the question or explore the question in any way. It and then once I once I did leave because I had so many unanswered questions, I found that I was rejected in so many circles where I I felt completely not welcome in the group because I would have a question different from theirs or I had found answers different from theirs. So I think the I think the idea here is great. I've just I I rarely see anyone who starts questioning in the church have people who welcome them and love them and want to have an open discussion and discuss things. They usually clam up and, and are very much run away from the the, the qu person who's questioning uh, rather than do this. But I think it's great advice it, for, for those who, who want to follow. Yeah, I think so too. It seems to be a positive step if, if it can really be followed. All right, let's go to our next... Um, the topics and questions and guiding principles are accompanied by study guides for 40 topics. Individuals may use them to guide their study of these topics. Additional study guides will be published shortly, said Elder Kevin W. Pearson, General Authority 70. Each study guide provides links to scriptures, videos, prophetic teachings, and other materials. So I think we're going to dive into it at this point. Isn't that right, Landon? He yeah, we are. Put um, this you know, together. One thing to say about this is, you know, they're provided with study guides. Um, the, the problem is the study guides uh, only point you to their answers. They, they're not comprehensive. They don't let you see the issues from both sides. They don't let, really let you see the problem. So what I find is that as a sincere questioner, when you have a question and you're saying, this is the part I can't find an answer to, and you go to their site and all you find is an answer that you've heard over and over and over and over again, that's only a partial answer that doesn't address the really hard or difficult scenarios, 
that actually leads you the other direction. So when you go the study guide and all you see is the the bright, happy side of, of the question, mm -hmm. but you don't see the darker side, you know, for instance, uh, let, let's say it's celestial marriage and you're a, a divorced person and you're asking about what happens when I get remarried in the temple and you go to celestial marriage and it's all a happy about the first time you get married and you're only mm -hmm. married to one person and that you're you're together forever. And yet you're trying to get married to someone who's already sealed to some, those questions mm -hmm. aren't answered. That right. dark side's not covered in the study guide. And so you're left with just as many questions as you had when you started. <laughs> yeah, um, that, uh, <laughs> that particular question was actually asked in general conference. conference. Remember president Oaks, I think it was read a letter from, or, or paraphrased a letter from a woman with exactly that question about first wife, second wife temple. And, he laughed at the question. So there's a reason I think perhaps the answers aren't there. So this kind of shows you when you go into topics and questions, and we're gonna we're gonna go into mm -hmm. a live demonstration, but but you'll just kind of see little bullet points, little pictures, overview, gospel study, you know, for all different topics, baptism, ironic priesthood, or what's pulled up here. But you know, you can spend a day in it. There's all kinds of overviews, study guides, definitions, answers. It's a really interesting site. So we thought we would kind of take you in and we just looked at, we were just trying to picture, you know, questions that we had. What would you go here for? What would you look at and what are their answers? Yeah, absolutely. And you can see right here, uh, it has the overview and then the gospel study guide. So this is what they were talking about. If you look up baptism, there'll be an overview of what baptism is, and then there'll be study guide and videos and different things you can watch uh, from the church to answer this. Uh, to me, it really feels like, you know, as I read these questions, and we'll go through some of these, that they're really not trying to answer any difficult questions. They're simply stating the church's position on it, and uh, and it looks like, oh, we put 40 subjects out there that you can research and look into and find answers to, uh, when really it's, it's uh, it, it, there, there's not much meat, it, there, there's, there's a lot of milk here. So let's, let's go ahead and jump in. Um, give me just a second here to uh, uh, pull up the... Uh, the website here and here is the website um and what you'll see is that when you that when you get there is that over here on the left hand side um you get topics and questions um and then here's all the questions and they're listed alphabetically and sometimes you have to kind of guess what you know what it might be because you might mm -hmm. call it one thing and the church calls it something else uh for instance we were looking for um uh LGBTQ or maybe uh, homosexuality or something like that. And we found it under same-sex attraction. So you had to go under S uh, to find it. But you can see over here on the left, here is a, a lot of the, uh, the things they put up here. Book of Mormon geography, Book of Mormon DNA, Book of Mormon translation. And it goes all the way down with a whole bunch of, uh, of things here. So, you know, as we went through, uh, you know, there were a couple that we looked at like uh, cross, you know, uh, what, what, what's our stand on the cross? And we were a little surprised by some of these because, you know, here it is. Here's the whole answers. Uh, it's, it's, you know, two paragraphs. And a lot of these are that way. They're very simplified. There's not a lot of meat. Um, and here we were kind of surprised because in recent uh, years, and this has just been updated, uh, we've seen the cross being used and depicted and, and Christian symbolism being used a lot more in the church. And yet it still says uh, we don't use the cross uh, and that we focus our lives on Christ. And it doesn't say anything about, you know, that we are not opposed to using the cross, even though, you know, we know that they've changed the maps to where the churches now <laughs> have crosses on them to denote that they're Christian churches and and uh, we we saw an Easter ad where they had uh, all the mm -hmm. crosses up on the hill yep. that was the church, you know, depicting, uh, you know, and you can make the argument, well, that's just because it's Easter and it's about, you know, the the, the resurrection and that, but they didn't they didn't show the resurrection. They showed him being crucified, which is a very Christian uh, ideal. So. Um, yeah, and younger people are starting to wear Christian jewelry, things yep. like that. So what we found overall was sort of that the answers, they were general and they almost seem to be out of date. When you go to articles 
They were from Ensign articles from the 90s, things mm -hmm. like that. There wasn't a lot of up-to-date information. Let's make sure that we show our viewers that some of the topics do refer directly to the Gospel Topics essays. I think we have that list there where we can go to some of those and show how, because again, this episode is about where are the gospel topic essays? Are they still there? So when you look up, for example, Book of Mormon and DNA Studies, right there, it says, see Book of Mormon and DNA Studies in the gospel topics essays. So the essays still exist. You can still access them through this topics and questions. And it takes you there. But interestingly, I don't know if you want to click on it and show them how it... It yeah. just kind of appears on the side. Yeah, it appears when, over here on the side, very yeah. small. I couldn't, I was trying to blow it up. I couldn't, uh, yeah. I couldn't get it to blow up. I could, it does allow you, it looks like it allows you to print, but this is kind of what you see. It's up and down, very narrow. You have to right. scroll up and down to read it. Um, right. And it does not link back to the comprehensive list of gospel topics essays. Like from here, you I couldn't go back and find the essay on Mother in Heaven. Right. It's just specifically this one. So again, it exists, the gospel topic essays, but they're kind of siloed over in this place just to do with this one topic. But when you go to, for example, Book of Mormon Translation, I think that's another one. There are several of them that have these gospel topics essays that have existed for over 10 years, and you're referred through the topics and questions to the gospel topics essays. So yeah. again, they're still there, but and, and a little hidden. Sorry about that. Interestingly enough, uh, there are a couple like plural marriage where they actually put the gospel doctrine essay. It's directly there. It's not right. a link. So some of them, they link you to it. Other ones they put there, but we notice that they have plural marriage and families in early Utah plural marriage in Kirtland and Nauvoo, but they're completely missing post-manifesto polygamy, mm -hmm. which is the third gospel topic essay, and they don't right. go anywhere there, almost like they don't want you to know that they continued yeah. to practice polygamy post-manifesto, and they don't want you to find out about that. So we thought it was kind of odd that that was missing, um, you know, from from this. Uh, and, and it's interesting because that topic is becoming a hot topic. We are going to be doing um, an episode on post-manifesto polygamy because I think people are finally waking up and going, wait, there was the manifesto that said stop. But did they stop? What happened? What happened to all the families? It is a topic that is becoming increasingly interesting to people. And yet it's not here on this list at all. It is a gospel topics essay. But again, you'd almost kind of have to Google gospel topics essay and LDS Church to find it, it's, it's difficult unless you already know those essays exist to just stumble across them. That's correct. And the other thing we found is um, you can see here they've got kind of these down arrows. And whenever you have one of the down arrows, that's where you get an overview mm -hmm. and a gospel study guide. So if you want to learn about faith in Jesus Christ, you can go to the overview and you can learn about faith in Jesus Christ, or you can also go to the gospel study guide which gives you uh, additional information, uh, you know, more, more stuff uh, that you can, uh, you know, strength, it, it's got sections and things to think about. It's kind of a, a study. Activities, yeah. Yeah, a, a study guide. Yet some of the areas, which are probably the areas that people who lose their testimonies have the most, uh, you know, concern about, such as maybe Book of Mormon DNA, Book of Mormon Geography. You see, there's no study information. There. No, and yeah. no activities whatsoever. No activities. <laughs> Find Zarahemla on the map. Um, yep. Uh -huh. <laughs> yep, they're not going to show you any of that. Yeah, they, they don't want you to go you. there. They don't want you to dig in. There is no oversight for those. Um, so that, that was a little concerning. There's also some here that are just straight up, to me, deceiving. Um, for instance, this one, Church Finances, <laughs> Commercial Businesses. Uh, we wanted to read this one, um, you know, here, okay, here's the, the church finances. You'd think that uh, maybe they'd go over the uh, SEC findings and some of the problems with Ensign Peak and the church's investments and, and that kind of stuff that has been in the news in the last year, that people may have questions. Why mm -hmm. does the church do this? And so let's read. Here's the church's answers into it, as to why they do this. Uh, you want me to read that or can you read 
Um, you can go ahead and read it. Okay. I, why don't you read a paragraph and I'll read a paragraph. I think we okay. can do that. Uh, the church holds business interests that are primarily an outgrowth of enterprises, which were begun when the church was isolated in the West. The commercial businesses owned by the church help serve the needs of the church in accomplishing its mission. The, money's, um, the money made from these commercial enterprises is relatively small. The majority of financial resources in the church comes from the tithes and offerings of the church members. As I, I'll read in a second, but as I said, outdated, this relatively small, oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, President Gordon B. Hinckley described, essentially, the business assets which the church has today are an outgrowth of enterprises which were begun in the pioneer era of our history, when we were isolated in the valley of the mountains of Western America. Yes, because GameStop stock existed in pioneer yes. <laughs> pioneer days game stock <laughs> sorry we were feeling salty after reading this uh for instance a newspaper was then needed to keep the people advised of what was going on at home and abroad the result was the deseret news which has been published now for 135 years in the 1920s government officials encouraged newspapers to set up radio stations that was in its infancy of the broadcasting industry one such radio station was established by the deseret news here in salt lake city from that has grown by the natural process of development holdings of a number of broadcasting properties so they're saying okay we have a newspaper and we have some radio stations okay that all came out of the growth of, when we first got in the valley. We owned right, this and they were told to start them. It, it yeah. wasn't anything that they did for profit. They were told to start them. And and I think most people can see. Well, yes, you can. They can put conference on or whatever. So I can see a need for a broadcast station that they can right. do that. And that's that's what they're playing to is. Oh, you can right. see where a radio station would help us get out our word. As all of you will recognize, the ability and the facilities to communicate are among our great and constant needs. The ownership of these properties, both newspaper and broadcasting facilities, while they are operated as commercial entities, both directly and indirectly help us in our responsibility to communicate our message and our point of view. Hmm. Faith-based uh, newspapers and, and radio stations. I think that's what they're talking about. Um, the church was a pioneer in the sugar beet industry. Uh-oh, Landon's going to start getting angry. <laughs> <laughs> to help our farmers who needed a cash crop. One of our present properties is an outgrowth of that. So newspapers, radio stations, and the sugar beet industry which we are going to do an episode on that because boy, is that a rabbit hole. So these are kind of just old timey folksy assets, aren't they? Oh yeah. And, and they had a beautiful hotel was constructed adjacent to Temple Square 75 years ago to provide a comfortable hostelry for visitors to this city. And we all know that that's the Joseph Smith building now that has huge gold chandeliers and, and right. uh, they've turned into a temple uh, uh, holy of holies temporarily while the uh, yeah, uh, but again, I didn't they just purchase a huge high rise in Maui? I mean, they're yes, not, yeah, they don't mention that hotel. <laughs> they got the folksy old <laughs> Joseph Smith building. All right, so uh, merchandising interests are an outgrowth of the cooperative movements which existed among the people in pioneer times. The churches maintained certain, certain real estate holdings, particularly those um, contiguous to Temple Square, so right around there in the area, to help preserve the beauty and the integrity of the core of the city. All of these commercial properties are tax-paying entities, and this is the end of this part. The combined income from all of these business interests is relatively small. I can't even like make my mouth pronounce those words and would not keep the work going for longer than a very brief period of time in 1985. Okay, so there may be some truth to that in 1985. This is not 1985. Should we talk for a second about the article that just came out this morning? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. No, there was an article in the Daily Mail about the massive commercial enterprises and real estate holdings of the church. Massive, like to the point that it is alarming as people are starting to figure this out. So, and we're going to do an episode on that article, of course. But again, for someone who has a question and goes here, they say, oh, they've got a hotel, they've got a small, doesn't really support the church they, they, this is a sin of a mission. The things that they say here are true, but they are not 
by any means telling you the big picture of the commercial assets and the holdings. Do you agree with that, Landon? Well, and they may have been true in 1985. Uh, the business right. interests may have been relatively small in 1985, but right. we know that since that time, they've. Uh, there's a reason they're quoting from 1985 and not mm -hmm. from 2024, mm -hmm. which is what, 40 years later? Mm -hmm. Because in that 40 years, the church has amassed an immense wealth billions and billions of dollars. They're mm -hmm. the largest landholder in Florida. They're, as the article you just mentioned today, they're building, they're buying up land in Nebraska at alarming rates to where the farmers can't compete for the land. They can't afford to buy land uh, because the church is buying it all up. The church uh, is invested in Apple. They're invested in Disney. They're invested, we, we know from the SEC finds that they're invested in dozens and dozens and dozens of large corporations, none of which are mentioned in here. Uh, so this is a complete distraction. It's a complete deceit. It's lack of information that they're providing. They're quoting old information to try to make you believe something. And I can tell you in 1985, uh, if there was an internet, they certainly church uh, commercial finances wouldn't have been on there because it wasn't a concern to those of us in 1985 who were in the church, because we had no idea the church had such holdings. Right. And they, they talk about the, uh, that they uh, contiguous, those uh, holdings contiguous to Temple right. Square to help preserve the beauty and integrity of the core of our city. That, oh, we're just trying to keep the temple lot looking nice. And right. I don't, City Creek wasn't even around in 85, was it? When he made no. this comment. But yeah. we now know the mall, the massive mall that's next door. There's a high-rise building with a church and office buildings that they own. This is commercial enterprise at an immense scale, larger than almost every corporation. They're outbidding Bill Gates for property. Um, they are a major player in the U.S. economy. They are bigger than almost every corporation out there. And yet they say that they want you to believe it's relatively small. This is misleading. It's lying. It's manipulative. And that's the problem we have. They may have changed the format, but they haven't changed the tune. Ooh, there you go. Um, scroll down a little bit. Let's see. Let's just let everybody see. They they include some scriptures in support, and then they have messages from other leaders. And if you look at this, um, the two articles are from President Hinckley. So that tells me they do not have any updated information on finances, like you said, for 40 years. Let's scroll down a little bit. Maybe they, in the church magazines, added. Okay, so they have something from 2018 and it looks like something from the newsroom. But again, nothing really up to date. Everything that's come out in the last year with the SEC. And I would think this would be a big topic people would want to know about, you know, and, and how I see this being used is say, okay, so tomorrow, Landon, you go to your family Christmas party. Um, you have too much eggnog and you start talking about church finances, right? They're crazy. <laughs> They're so much. Well, you want, but you might mention something, you know, I know you're very subtle around your family and somebody in your family might go, what's he talking about church finances? I'm not sure what they're talking about exactly. Goes to a trusted source, clicks on here, church finance. What was Landon talking about? Oh, he didn't know what he was saying. Cause look, all they have is a nice folksy building and a newspaper in it. You know, this is how I see this being used. It's kind of a one-stop shop for somebody that might hear something from somebody and wants to, you know, see exactly what's going on from a trusted source. And if you go here, you're not going to get the big picture. That's that's the bottom line, I think. Yeah, you notice there's no links to the Deseret News articles or the Salt Lake Tribune right. articles the on the church finances. Yeah. And, you know, of course, no one's going to want to lay out their dirty laundry. But no. come on, let's 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 if you're going to you said you owe it to us to provide trusted sources. Right. Give us some answers. What right. is this immense enormous war chest for right tell us that give us a faithful reason for why you're doing that but there's no articles that that do that so that anyone can mm -hmm. evaluate it in any way or make a decision as to whether they want to continue giving to the church so right and i don't think they're understanding why people are questioning because i believe it is somebody that would have heard something about finance and wants to come over here they might have read something so you got to think about your user. Why is someone coming here? It's not a casual person just going, oh, I'll scroll through and look a Book of Mormon. It's somebody that heard, you know, my sister just said something about, you know, DNA in the Book of Mormon. What? They're going to come here. 
And this is where they're going to try to find their answer. So, and if a person who's a seeker comes here and finds the answer lacking, then they just have to look at themselves and follow those steps, right? They did something wrong that they're not accepting or they're not put at ease by the answer. So they've kind of got it locked down in that way. But but it is interesting because there are a lot of articles right now out there from Deseret News, Trusted Source, that talks about some of the current things, the SEC fine, the real estate holdings. In fact, real estate holding, we scroll down to R, there's nothing about real estate. And that's in the news. Like I said, just this morning, woke up to a big article about talking how the church within 20 years is going to be worth a trillion dollars. People are starting to wake up. They're starting to look at it. And faithful members are going to go to a site like this to try to find out what's going on. I think some of them might leave saying, oh, good, nothing to see here. Others might be concerned. I don't know. And and it, and it goes beyond that. It, it may just be that you're looking for gospel answers. So yeah. uh, let, let's say that you want to find some gospel answers. And so you come down here and you say, okay, I, I want to learn a, a little bit more about, let's say, Joseph Smith. Um so we go down here, and here's Joseph Smith, and we can find out about Joseph Smith, and here's an, in, uh, an overview, uh, talks about Joseph Smith. Um, look at that. You get, you get three paragraphs or so about it. Um, Wait, go up to the top. Let me see something. I always like to check this. Well, not the very top, but the first paragraph. Oh, the, okay. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Let's see. Da, da, da. I just always like to see how they say he's uneducated because it's in every single. <laughs> yes. Yep. They they like to they like to uh, to make sure you know that. Yeah. Um, but then again, it. you see right here the last the the first three paragraphs a quick oh here's Joseph Smith he was a yeah. wonderful kid he had a first vision he established the doctrine and covenants knowing that the truth of Joseph Smith's testimony requires each earnest seeker of truth to study the record and then exercise sufficient faith in Christ to ask God in sincere, humble prayer, whether the record is true. If the seeker asks with the real intent to act upon the answer revealed by the Holy Ghost, the truthfulness of Joseph Smith's vision will be manifest. Again, uh, the question is put back on the person that it, only if they're an earnest seeker of truth will they uh, will they be able to find this? But okay, put them to their test. Okay, I'm an earnest seeker of truth. I want to know more about Joseph Smith. Uh, let me go and look up uh, Book of Mormon. So let me find, it said, you know, learn about the record so that I can know, because if I know the record's true, then I know that uh, that he's uh, true. Oh, wait, okay, there's a couple things here with the Book of Mormon, uh, Book of Mormon geography. Where'd the Book of Mormon happen? Well, I want to find yeah. out where the Book of Mormon happened at. So I go to their uh, the Book of Mormon geography. The Book of Mormon includes a history of an ancient people who migrated from the Near East to the Americas. This history contains information about the places they lived, including descriptions of landforms, natural features, and the distances and cardinal directions between important points. The internal consistency of these descriptions is one of the striking features of the Book of Mormon. In other words, yeah, they always say there's a river over there and a mountain over there, so that proves the Book of Mormon. But then you read down a little further. Since the publication of the Book of Mormon in 1830, members and leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints have expressed numerous opinions about the specific location of the events discussed in the book. Some believe that the history depicted in the Book of Mormon, with the exception of the events in the Near East, occurred in North America, while others believe that it occurred in Central America or South America. Although church members continue to discuss such theories today, the church's only position is that the events the Book of Mormon describes took place in the ancient Americas. Wow, what an answer. We're, we can't tell you where it happened. We're just saying it happened in the ancient Americas. But then they go on and say the prophet Joseph Smith himself, who we're supposed to pray about, know uh, whether he's telling the truth here, accepted what he felt was evidence of Book of Mormon civilizations in both North America and Central America. While traveling with Zion's camp in 1834, Joseph wrote to his wife, Emma, that they were wandering over the plain of the Nephites, recounting occasionally the history of the Book of Mormon, roving over the mounds of that once beloved people of the Lord, picking up their skulls and their bones as a proof of its divine authenticity. Well, that certainly sounds like those are the Nephites and the Lamanites in the Book of yeah. Mormon. He's picking up their bones across the... the he, he wasn't in Central America. He wasn't in yeah. South America. So he, he's clearly stating this happened in North America. And I think they're referring to Zelf in that I think situation. That's Zelf. right. Yes. That's um, problematic for people with the meso uh, model. 
1842, though, the church newspaper Times and Seasons published articles under Joseph Smith's editorship that identified the ruins of ancient native civilizations in Mexico and Central America as further evidence of the Book of Mormon's historicity. So, yeah, they found some cities down there. Oh, yeah, that's the Book of Mormon stuff we were talking about. Of course it was. You know, anything they find is part of the Book of Mormon narrative during this time. And so, uh, but this is the one that I really like. The church does not take a position on the specific geographic locations of Book of Mormon events in the ancient Americas. Speculation on the geography of the Book of Mormon may mislead instead of enlighten. Such a study can be a distraction from its divine purpose. Don't look for the geography. It doesn't matter. It's going to be, because if you look here, it's going to be wrong. If you look there, it's going to be wrong. No matter where you look, you're not going to find it. So that's a distraction. So don't look. But remember, this is how we find out whether Joseph Smith is true as we follow these topics and we and we're able to find out whether Joseph was a true prophet by searching the record and knowing it's true. But we won't make a statement on where it even happened at, because quite frankly, we don't know. It's but, a oh, pesky wait, detail. A translation yeah. <laughs> if you want to know, oh, then they're going to refer you to the gospel topics essay because That's they right. want it to be easy to find out that he actually read from a rock and a hat. Um, but if we go there, we can we can find that, that he did, in fact, translate from a rock and a hat. Um, oh, Book of Mormon and DNA studies. Oh, again, they're going to point us to the Gospel Topics essay because they don't want to make it easy for us to find out. And we're going to go read a bunch of confusing uh, data about uh, how DNA works that really just ends up saying there is no DNA. And again, we don't know anything. So great example. If you want to look at the topics and you want to follow these topics, you are going to find exactly what Kyle McKay said, a bunch of misleading, a bunch of information that tells you that the Book of Mormon did not, is not true. <laughs> and <laughs> but yet, that just means you're not faithful enough. You're not faithful you've got enough. To you're not studying. Look inward and you've got to ignore all those things, geography and DNA translation, all of it. And and which brings us to the episode uh, that we did with Dr. John Lund Wall. And that is, does the Book of Mormon have to be historical? Because to get around all of these issues that you find here in the topics and questions, what I see them moving toward is just more that it's, you know, it's a book that makes you feel good. There's great lessons in it. You can be faithful and you can appreciate the lessons which I kind of agree with. There are some good things because the Christ focus, just like there are in the New Testament, Old Testament, however you want to look at it. However, a lot of people don't take it to its natural conclusion. Does it have to be historical? If it has to be historical, all of these topics and questions are a problem when you dig in and start studying. But that's exactly how they've set up the website, if you notice, because you look at Book of Mormon Geography, Book of Mormon Translation, Book of Mormon DNA, those are all historical. Those are mm -hmm. all things that we should be able to look at and we should be able to determine whether it happened from, from to, to decide the historicity of the Book of Mormon. That they're not going to give you information. You see, there's no study guide. There's no mm -hmm. overview. That they're going to lead you down a lot of rabbit holes trying to get you confused. But if you look at the Book of Mormon here, all of a sudden they've got an overview Um uh, they're going to talk about it being a witness of Christ. Mm -hmm. They're going to talk their study guides. This is the, what do you call it? The anthology of the Book of Mormon, uh, where you can feel good about. This is the feel right. good part of the Book yeah. of Mormon. They're, they're going to dig in deep and let you dig in good to the feel good part of the Book of Mormon. But the historicity, which is what, I don't know anyone who left the church because they um, said, ah, I'm not feeling good about the Book of Mormon. Yeah, no. uh, it, it didn't make me think, uh, you know, about charitable things or, you know. Right. No, in fact, the opposite. For a yeah, lot of people, of President Holland is not incorrect where he says, if you leave, you've got to go over, around, under, upside down, whatever, crawl over the Book of Mormon. He's not wrong. For a lot of people, that is the last thing where they say, I understand everything else, but, you know, I, I felt something when I read this. I got a witness. I felt good. I, I believed this. It's hard to let that go because they did feel something. And they did, after praying, receive some feeling from it, from this part of the Book of Mormon, the feel-good part. And that's what they're going to focus on is we're going to point you to the feel-good, make you feel-good sections. But when it comes to anything that is that is provable, historicity, 
we're we're gonna we're gonna dance around it. We're not gonna give you the full information. When we when there's things such as church finances that don't feel good when you hear about those, we're not gonna give you long explanations. Right. The things that are the things that are making the holes in people's testimonies are not being addressed here, just like they haven't been, because they can't address those things. All they can do is point you to things that make you feel good and say, as long as you feel good when we tell you a story about someone who was going to die and we prayed over him and they lived. Yeah. Well, that makes you feel good. So that's the stories we're going to tell you. We're not going to tell you about the the fact that we're not putting our money into hospitals to help children who are dying. Um, <laughs> well, and we that's don't just want a you human... to know that section. Of... Exactly. And that's just a human response. As we talked about on our episode, does the Book of Mormon have to be historical with Dr. John Lund? While he said, has, has, have they never read a book? Do they not understand the leaders that you can get this human response from so many But I cried after every Harry Potter book. You know, I love the Lord of the Rings. I know I'm geeking myself out again, but you know, have they not read these incredible works of humanity where you do feel, you get these feelings. There are, there are many books that I will say, I know this book is true just in what it has made me feel, what it has pointed about out about humanity and human beings and their goodness and kindness and the lessons, you know, there are a lot of books that are true that you can get a confirmation of. And you there, don't have to lot. base your life on. A lot of books that are fiction that you can get a good. That's what I'm talking about. about. Everything yeah, who I does, who is doesn't, fiction. Who doesn't cry in Romeo and Juliet when yeah. the two lovers kill themselves? You know, yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, Old Yeller. We yeah. all cry at Old Yeller, <laughs> but that doesn't make Old Yeller true. No. Um, it just exactly. explains a human emotion, and yep. and the Book of Mormon does that. It explains yep. human emotions and and things that you can understand and relate to, and yep. that's fine. Uh, the, the intent of this, uh, th this episode, though, was to kind of show you so that you could see what was available, to know that the gospel topics essays are not going away, um, yep. that they are still going to be there. Um, but, you know, some of the some of these resources are, um, are are there for you that you can look at, but just be aware of, of the way that they're uh, that, that they're going to be going to be used that they're presented and be aware that your friends and family members are turning to these so if you bring up something about church finance they may have read that and they'll they'll dismiss what you say no 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 it's fine they just have a hotel and a newspaper so it, again there's just kind of two sides to everything so the other and again you might have noticed that boy we dug into this yesterday we spent a couple hours this episode could be 20 hours long couldn't it land it as we go through every single one so we're trying to stop ourselves but we would encourage you to go look at these it's very interesting but as we search through the topics and questions we started to notice what isn't there and and not to say that they're not going to update this i feel like they're almost going to have to and it's a way to add things very quickly they can just add a section but right now, as of yesterday, these are some things that we noticed that are big questions to us as podcasters that we see other podcasters covering. We we ourselves are covering these. These are the questions in the media out there. We didn't see these in the topics and questions. So do you want to read through this, Landon, maybe address some of these? Yeah, just a couple. These were just things we were pulling out of our head of some of the mm -hmm. things that we've run into that, that aren't uh, at all covered. Uh, such as the Kirtland Safety Society. They don't seem to want to explain that. Uh, protecting children uh, against child abuse. Uh, you know, they have polygamy, they, you know, plural marriage. They have uh, same-sex marriage, same-sex attraction, but they don't cover, you know, protecting children and, and, and child abuse. Uh, in oh, and there are huge have... updates on that. In the UK, there's a huge policy change for the church in the UK about protecting children. And I would think people might want to jump on and find out about that. There's nothing about that. Yeah, not, nothing current. Boy Scouts, they they don't refer at all to the Boy Scouts or any of the issues with the Boy Scouts. The SEC fine isn't covered. Counterfeiting, which is a, was a huge thing that's been coming up over and over that we're finding in church history, but they never uh, talk about that. Uh, youth interval interviews, charitable giving. They do have a section called charity, but when we read that, it was charity is the pure love of Christ. You can have no greater love than charity, but it never talked yeah. about doing anything charitable. Or, well, there's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the church really doesn't do anything charitable. They they like to administer and let the other uh, organizations do all the actual legwork when it comes to char charitable uh, 
undertakings. Uh, Post-manifesto polygamy, that. plural marriage wasn't there. Uh, you can't find Ensign Peak in mm -hmm. there. They don't talk about Ensign Peak or what that is, if you've got mm -hmm. a question on that. Uh, clone companies, amazingly, they're the <laughs> ones who uh, created the word clone company, uh, but they don't address clone companies at all as to what these clone companies are that they created that they're so proud of. Um, they don't, there's nothing about LDS charities in there, which is uh, the, the main giving arm of the church, which doesn't mm -hmm. really belong to the church. It's really from outside entrepreneurs that are put, giving money to them uh, and, and uh, donating directly. Uh, your donation to the church does not end up at LDS charities, um, but they don't cover that. Church finances mm -hmm. uh, is one that's not there. Uh, United Firm is another one I would put there. And as we were looking at this, we said, well, we did an article on church finances and we pulled Mm -hmm. out of the church topics, uh, something on church finances. Mm -hmm. This was their response to the SEC. And yet it's not in these. Why is it not there? That was one of the things we went looking after. And when we did that, um, we actually found that there is another site. And this mm -hmm. one we found much more useful. So we want to bring this up to our uh, our listeners. It's called Church History Topics. And it's a separate site. And when you go to that site, it has all the weird things like Adam on Diamon, <laughs> adjustments to uh, the priesthood. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the good stuff is United... here. <laughs> what was that? The good stuff is the over good here. Stuff. Yes, yeah. we found United Order. I think we did find church finances there. Right. Um, but only so... after like two hours of looking around did we stumble on this. Yeah, so when we said, how not... come we couldn't find United Firm? Uh, and so we typed in United Firm, and then we found it under this church history topics. Uh, so if you really want to explore some of the harder questions or dig in deeper, uh, this site, the church history topics, is a far better place to go uh, to find some of the things that they talk about. Again, it's still the church putting out their take on it, but these ones are definitely much, uh, much harder hitting. These raise as many questions as they yeah. answer, I think. <laughs> um, and so the church doesn't want to promote that one uh, because obviously church history is problematic. So uh, go to the church history topics site if you want to find yeah. some of the more interesting things uh, to look for. Whew. Did we do it? Did we cover it? Final thoughts. Yeah. Oh, that's I made that on AI. I can't remember what I typed in. I think it was somebody telling you not to question or something. <laughs> That's pretty, for our listeners, it's a, it's an authoritative looking bishop type person pointing his finger right out at us. So, so yeah, I mean, we started this episode because we just thought, let's let everybody know that the gospel topics essays are still there. But then we, we really went down a rabbit hole of just how the church presents answers. At least they're acknowledging there are questions. And I feel even a decade ago, they didn't, they just said, it's okay, just get in line. You're fine they now are forced to recognize that even faithful members are hearing all kinds of things, mostly from probably their immediate family, people that they love, who they are not just going to toss aside. They're going to listen. We have friends um, who their son, I believe was, or daughter, I can't remember which, was serving on a mission and was writing back questions that they were stumbling across in the mission field. And our friends, as a good mom and dad, said, oh, we've, we've got to help our child. We've got to help them find the answers to these things. You know, we don't want our child, you know, to be struggling in the mission field. We don't want them to, you know, lose their testimony. We've got to help them. They're they're obviously feeling a lot of um, angst and upsetness over it. So our friends dug in, and what happened, Landon? <laughs> they're both now out as well as well as, as, well. as the child after he came <laughs> right. home from his mission. Yeah. Exactly, but their intent, their pure intent was to help their child who had questions. And then they were honest, sincere seekers. They were truth seekers and they saw things for what they were. So I think the church recognizes that, that people, they're not just, they're not anti-Mormon. They're not on there trying to, aha. No, they're really trying to find answers for themselves or for loved ones so that they can, you know, they can make people feel better because there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I don't know, upsetness over a lot of these things. Well, I think I think there's a problem as as people uh, because it's not just family, but bishops are starting to hear yeah. this as people yes. come in. That's what happened with me when my bishop invited me in. Uh, I 
I went on for three hours about all the problems and he just <laughs> sat there wide-eyed going, I have never heard any of this before. And he had no idea where to point me. He had no one I could talk to. He asked me if he could get me help. Uh, would I take it? And I said, if you can get someone who can answer my questions, I'll talk to Russell M. Nelson himself. I, uh, Did he offer that, you a blessing? <laughs> no, I didn't want a blessing. I wanted answers. <laughs> uh, I, in, in fact, I specifically said, uh, he said, would you talk to the stake president? I said, if he can answer my questions, I will talk to him. But I said, what I won't do is sit there and be interviewed over my worthiness because right. this isn't about me. This is about you. You've made these claims. You owe me answers to these. You claim to have the authority. You claim to have the priesthood. You claim to have the mantle. Time to stand up and, and answer some of these questions. And I never heard from the church again after that uh, discussion. Yeah, you're on a list now. They say he's too dangerous. He knows too much. I well, think. now this gives them a place where they can say, well, go look at the topics and questions. Yes. It, yep. it's, a, it's a placebo. It's go look at something. Keep them busy for a little bit. Maybe they'll lose interest. But anyone mm -hmm. who is really what they call a true, earnest, truth seeker is going to dig into these and say, that's not enough. You're not yep. answering the question. You're dodging the question. And, yep. and that's what's happening in the church. So in the end, is uh, when, when you give a non-answer, you've pretty much given an answer. And I think people that are studying the, 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 these things and are digging into these things, they're going to realize that. It's, I, I'm seeing it all the time. Every time someone I talk to and I say, tell me your story, they say, I was trying to be faithful and I just kept finding the ridiculous answers they were giving. And that turns them off more than anything. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it'd be better off to say, I don't know, than to try yeah. to Buffalo people. Yep. I don't know the answer to believe. that. Yep. No, I agree. So yeah, I think we covered it and we would encourage all of you to go check this out. It is really interesting. And I'm, I'm sure now that this is in the church news and they're telling people to go there, you'll find more friends and family that have gone there and have read this and, and have some of these answers that you might want to also address in your own way. So um, please comment and let us know if you've come across this site, if you've read the gospel topics essays or what your experiences um, with those have been. It's always interesting, Landon and I, like to kind of find out where people have been and where they come from. There's such a pattern. There's such a similarity in truth seekers out there and, and the journey that they've been on. It's so interesting to kind of get the, the bird's eye view on a lot of you that that email us or comment. You know, there's just, there's so many similarities. You, you should all know that. Don't you think, Landon? There's just, these paths are so similar. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. They are. Okay. So we see the numbers declining because the people are, because people are seeking. Yep. That's it. That's the bottom line. So uh, please like and subscribe if you haven't already to Mormonish. And if you'd like to be made aware of when our new episodes drop, you can hit that notification bell and you'll get notified when we have a new one out. And if you would like to help support uh, Mormonish financially, we have links in the show notes to PayPal and to Venmo. And we, we really, I just have to say, we really appreciate those of you that do. It makes a huge difference for us as we're trying to kind of <laughs> get some things going on Mormonish, you know, different equipment or different things that we need to be able to produce the content and and your support in whatever way that you can support us is really important to us and we just thank all of you so much and we will see you all next time on our next episode of Mormonish. Thank you everybody. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Mormonish. We really appreciate our listeners and would love to hear from you if you have a story you'd like to share. You can email us at mormonishpodcast at gmail.com you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, mormonishpodcast.org. And don't forget to look for us on YouTube and like and subscribe. Keep joyful, everybody.